This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's hard because it is disappointing that we haven't gotten past the first round, but that's not that's not the that's not the goal. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be great. It'd be awesome to get to the second round. It would. But that's not what we're building towards here. We're not. I think that's that's your narrative. That's what you guys write about. We're trying to build something bigger than that. Oh, Billy, La- Billy lashing out, man. Billy oh, Garen lashing out yeah, so i am going through was that this morning here dex as he's like right now speaking yeah. right now yeah his mm-hmm. head just popped off some other things to add here i don't view this season as a failure i do not do we reach our ultimate goal we did not i'm not up here trying to say we did great and we did all this good stuff yeah it's disappointing when asked about the coaching staff and potential changes he said let's see here uh, I'm constantly evaluating every position. <laughs> He's make a change. With I'm not even. I'm not even close to anything right now. I haven't even gotten into that yet. But our coaches are good. He said. Notes: the special teams were good in the regular season. Yep. That's where I'm at with that, according to uh, Jesse Pierce, Score North friend and contributor. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know it's funny that a couple days after the Vikings season concluded if you guys recall ed donatel oh, we haven't made any decisions yet <laughs> next day trapdoor yeah there will be a change well, let's, be a let's just well let's just get right to the question here as billy garen's talking should dean evison be fired yes but it also depends on where bill garen decides this team is at look the response that Declan played is very interesting. And here's my response to what Bill is saying, okay? Because I understand, you know what? The regular season, there was a time where they looked lost. And then they came back and played really well. Is the regular season a failure? No, absolutely not. Is there a pattern in the playoffs that's disturbing? Absolutely. Most important thing, though, let's just start with Bill Guerin. The most important thing he has to realize, and I'm sure he does, is that he has now, the last two years, taken a shot. A year ago, I thought it was extremely smart. This year, he took a shot by constructing a very different team, and I'm like, okay, let's see. Because the team did come back and play well. Was, was, you know, Dallas, let's not, oh, Dallas is way better. Dallas has better top-end talent, but they were very close. Those teams were very close. But Bill Guerin has to know privately, and I get what he's doing today. It's his job sort of to deflect and defend, okay? Because, like, it's not going to do him any good to get up up there and say what Judd thinks. Despite the fact that what Judd thinks is the correct thing. And this this is where, but it's true. He says humbly. What I think is the correct thing, and it's what Bill Guerin thinks too. 
But let's look at this, okay? You now have a string with multiple different teams and even executives of first-round exits. And I understand saying, well, you know, the goal is not a first-round win, because it's not. It's a Stanley Cup win. But the question is, how are you going to get there now? And that becomes a very important question. And next year, by the way, because of the Suter and Parisi buyouts, you are going to be down two more million dollars than you were this year, and you were cash-strapped this year for the majority of the season. So what I would say is this. I'm firing Dean before I ever make a playoff run again, or I embark on one. Before I ever embark on a playoff run again, Dean is gone. Dean is 8-15 and and 0-4 in playoff series with this team. He was 1-12 and 0-4 in playoff series with the American Hockey League affiliate of the Nashville Predators. And he's, he, he's never won a playoff series with the AHL or in the As NHL. a professional. And the last time he won a playoff series, he was a Western Hockey League junior coach, okay? So I'm never embarking again on a playoff run with him. But that being said, I've given this a ton of thought in the last two days. And it's my opinion that next year, you cannot go and see this is a thing. Billy's competitive. It is going to be an issue if he pulls the same stunt of trying to salvage things again. The kids need to play. So if you think that Bill Guerin and Dean, or if you think that Dean is the best guy to develop the talent, then you keep Dean. But Marco Rossi, there is, and Phil, you covered baseball, so you've seen this exact same thing. At some point in time, sending a guy to AAA is a waste of everyone's time. Now, maybe he turns out to be great. Maybe he fails. But Marco Rossi at Iowa is really, really good. I don't care anymore. Next year is about developing players. As far as I'm concerned, you don't have to make a deadline deal. You don't have to sign a free agent. I don't care what you do for next year. Next year is all about development. And that's where if Bill Guerin continues to go down the path of, well, we're playing pretty well now. I think I'm going to go make some more trades. I'll tell you this, and I will hold to it next season. That's a mistake. So does Dean Evison deserve to be fired? Before I seriously go after a playoff berth and run again, yes. I'm, he's never going to coach another real important playoff game for my team. Does it need to be now? No, because I want somebody who I know can develop or gives my kids, and keep in mind a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, the Athletic had a ranking, correct, X, that this was the best farm system in hockey. Yep. Okay, that needs to start to come to fruition next year. No more veterans, no no more experiments, no more, well, I think I can do, do this. If you're going to get to where Bill Guerin is talking about today, that's going to be done through the process of making damn sure that you are doing the most that you can to develop your kids, and some of that has to be done here. Okay, Dex, should he be should he be fired? I think you have to make a change. I don't think you can run it back. Um, these wild playoff uh, failures are kind of reminding me a lot of um, the San Jose Sharks for years made the playoffs and had really good teams, really good teams. Now they got to the Cup, I believe, in 2016, and they there was maybe one, if not two, conference finals, but there was numerous years in the Sharks' history where they were incredible in the regular season and they got bounced 
in the first round, if not second round. I think even they won a President's Trophy Judd in, in this millennium. They got bounced in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, really good Sharks team. Teams that developed their own players, made some savvy trades here and there to supplement, could never get out of it. And whether it was Todd McClellan's fault, then they hired Peter DeBoer. I believe even uh, Daryl Sutter was there at one point. Like they had, he had, they had a bunch of different coaches and iterations with really good teams that could just never get over the hump. And I think the Wild are honestly entering that territory. Where now I don't know the Bay Area how how uh, pit, how much pitchforks were up in the Bay Area in San Jose over the Sharks <laughs> they were, uh, I don't think failing to get out pitchforks. <laughs> but I, I think, think there's a huge parallel there between the Sharks having some playoff problems, the Wild having now their own playoff problem where they have had they've made the playoffs the last three years. I don't count the plan. I don't count the little bubble situation in Vancouver, but it's you can use it still against Dean Evison that you have seen now three series that have gone at least six games and the wild have wilted in back-to-back series where you had two game leads. They have wilted where they've won game one of the series. They've had statistical things on their side that usually have suggested that a team comes out on top in this series. Mm -hmm. And I think the common denominator in the melting down is the head coach that Dean doesn't know what to do. There isn't a whole judge says there's some guardianism, I think to, to Dean, I don't know if it's full-on Guardy, but I don't know if he knows what, to Judd's point, I don't know if he knows what to do in the playoffs to make the proper adjustment. And he kind of just freezes. He kind of just stops what he's doing. And I think there's some parallels there between the Sharks and the Wild. This is where, like, I'm trying to, and and I don't know, you guys both say he should be fired. I I think I tend to lean on the research that Judd's brought to the table that, wait a second now, I get that there is a major random nature to the hockey playoffs. I don't think you would ever make a decision based on one playoff failure, because the sport is volatile. We just saw the Boston Bruins, one of the great teams in regular season history, get beat in seven games. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if it's, it, it, obviously it's a collapse, it's a failure, but it's also hockey, a seven-game series in hockey, a seven-game series in baseball. But when you start to stack up, okay, multiple series over multiple years, and all of a sudden you go four years in the NHL, four years in the AHL, and you're... And so, so zero and eight in series as a professional coach, and I believe you said one in twelve in the AHL in the games in the playoffs, and then what was the other one? Five and eight and fifteen, eight and fifteen. So he's so he's his his teams are nine and twenty seven in playoff games and zero and eight in playoff series in his eight years as an AHL and NHL coach. I would look at that very closely, and I would wonder, just like Ron Gardenhire with the Twins. How much of this can be chalked up to the random nature, the small sample size random nature of your sport versus something that you are doing tactically wrong or or not adjusting to certain things or, you know, you know what is it? So I would tend to lean, I'll, I'll trust the Judd's Hockey Show crew to steer me in the right direction, but I would, I don't know why, I guess I don't know why you would automatically stick a, a you know, a flag in the ground and say, we're rolling forward with Dean without 72 hours of, like, major examination after that season ended, right? I believe it's because he has, if I am correct about this, two years left on on his contract, and I'm pretty sure the owner doesn't want to pay that contract off. I think that's exactly why. And I think that's why Bill is deflecting. But if he's the wrong coach. I don't disagree with you. I'm saying what I've just heard. I think that there is a... Because he paid, so Bill fired Boudreaux in February of 2020 with time left again. Pretty expensive mm-hmm. contract. And Craig, you know, Craig is very, very rich. But I think there's comes a point in time, too, where he doesn't 
want to continue to pay. But here's the most important thing, guys. I think the most important topic is this. Bill Guerin in this franchise has to be willing to take a step back now. You're entering, so like we keep talking about this, salary cap hell, okay? The next two years are it. And then that's, I believe it. Um, You've got to find out what you have. So like you have taken two runs of trying to, and I give you credit for this, supplement the roster, right? With veteran players, you bring in guys, you say, hell yeah, we're going to make a run. And then thud. And then again, thud. So at some point in time, if you're going to be in cap hell, which in 2023, 24, you're going to be, this is the time to find out. This is the time to play young players. This is the time to not decide. I mean, the whole Marco Rossi is still a relatively young man. I think he's 21 now. So he's young. There is still time here. Okay. But if you seriously get 15 games in to next season and say, okay, he's not prepared yet again. You are banging your head against the wall. He's going to go to Iowa and dominate. It's a waste of your time. So I think what you need to do now is develop this next group, which is very strong. Um, Within the next two years, at the very least, Jesper Wallstedt, the goaltender, has to come up here. You know, well, you can't play a young goaltender. You can't. Okay, let's stop saying that every single time. We're always looking for excuses of why management is right. And I like Bill Guerin, and I think he is a winner, and I think he's a smart dude. But we have to stop with this whole notion of, well, this is why they're doing it. No, this is why. No, you can't do that. No. At some point in time, they're just wrong. When you go out, like it's it's like when you become an adult and you realize your parents were really flawed. At some point in time, you just have to say they were wrong. That doesn't make them bad people, but they were wrong. And and it's like the thing now I'm seeing, well, uh, if Matt Dumble goes, I'm going to cry. It's going to be so. No, his contract's up. It's time for him to go. It's fine. Like, we, we do, do we, we want we to do win to... or do we want to right. deflect, credit people we think are smarter who aren't necessarily smarter and hold on to players because we own their jerseys? Yes. No, I think we, we do tend, the, the Dumba thing is a great example. Because Dumba gave a great emotional press conference yesterday, talked about how he hopes that this isn't the end in Mini, and he loves he loves Mini. I wish he wouldn't call it Mini, because if he actually loved Mini, he'd know that we don't call it Mini. But he loves Mini, and he and he and he just you know he has so many great memories here, and ten years have flown by so fast, and we are such suckers for that. I'm not saying we have to crap on the guy, Correct. but we are such like oh man, that Michael Kadire was such a nice guy, or boy, that Matt Dumba just what a what a good guy. But at the end of the day, like, there's going to be Matt Dumbas and Michael Kadires and, you know, whoever else, you know, name your Viking, Kirk Cousins. There's going to be nice guys, that Joe Mowers, that that cycle through and, and whatnot. You know, the ones that we really remember long-term are the Kirby Puckets, the ones that, that delivered championships, although he wasn't the greatest guy. <laughs> yeah, but he delivered <laughs> you know? a championship. He delivered two of them. Right. He's got a statue, I I'm guess. with you. So. So I think we do tend to we love the soft landing of oh man it's so tough we love oh we love Spurgy and Dumby right. and all these guys and stuff but you know they are all sort of the central core of teams that can't forget about the greater vision that Bill Guerin was talking about at some point this is right I love Bill Guerin I think Bill Guerin's yeah. excellent as a GM yeah. and he's a friend of the show so I love Bill Guerin but he's gaslighting a little bit when he says well that's Getting out of the first round and, and ripping us for not getting out of the first round or whatever, that's your – you can write about that. That's your narrative. We're aiming for something bigger here. Oh, yeah, awesome. But, like, you, 
you got to get out of the first round to get to. It's incremental. That's awesome. Right. Correct. It's incremental, but you haven't even gotten to the first increment in the playoffs yet. Absolutely. And like Declan brought up the Sharks, and this is this kind of ties into yesterday. We we started pontificating. Man, the Wild, the last time the Wild in a random ass sport where you got to be good, but you need things to go your way. You just you, you just need to sort of be there on a regular basis. And at some point, the puck will slide your way in a in a in a uh, May and June summer. Right. Unless you're the Wild. The last 20 years, some a couple people did this. Uh, was it Adam, Adam Theo, I believe, was one of them on Twitter. A couple people did this research for us. The Wild last made the conference finals in 2003. So it's been 20 years since they made the conference finals. Mm-hmm. And we were pontificating on the show yesterday. Boy, that's kind of crazy. Not even like hoisting a cup, not even getting the cup. How many times have teams not named the Wild been to the conference finals? So just win two playoff series. Here are the teams that haven't been to the conference finals in the last 20 years in the NHL. The Wild, the Leafs, the Panthers, the Blue Jackets, who are new, like in the That's last the 10 wild. years. No, same, same oh, they as came the wild. 20 years. Same okay. expansion year. And the Kraken, who are actually new. They are new. That came along last That's year. That's it? So if we take the Kraken out, they don't wow. even count, right? It's the Wild, the Leafs, the Panthers, and the Jackets. Wow. And Declan brought up the Sharks. The Sharks are actually a pretty interesting comparison. If you go back to when, go back to like the last 12 years, the Sharks have fallen on hard times the last few years, but go back like to the when the Wild were about to get Parisi and Suter. The Sharks and the Wild are both pretty similar. Really competitive teams in the regular season. They both got to a hundred points a handful of times. They're in there fighting, relevant in the in the Western Conference. And the Sharks went to the conference finals in 2011. They went to the Cup Finals in 2016. They went to the conference finals in 2019. Like. That's usually what happens. You pretty good team for like ten years, and you get to the playoffs eight or nine times in ten years, and once or twice or three times you get to the third round and maybe this the the Stanley Cup Finals, and you give yourself a shot. Mm-hmm. And they haven't cashed it in, but they gave themselves a shot like three times. This franchise inexplicably somehow in a random ass sport doesn't even get to the doorstep. Like they can't even get to the conference finals. And I and part of me is like, well, wow, that's just mathematically impossible how does that not happen in this sport but then the other part of me is okay well are, are the people that are coaching this team mike yo gave off a little bit of a nervous energy for a few years you know i don't know what kind of energy dean evison gives off just this i don't know he's just nervous he's, he's tough to crack playoff but time he, he gets weird okay so some of it is just it's just a volatile sport and you just haven't been on the right end of it but some of it has to be your process and the things that you're doing roster wise Obviously, a lot of this goes back to tying your entire franchise to two really good but not really elite players for elite money until they're 43 years old and then eating the cap penalty that goes along with saying goodbye to those guys. Those Parisian suitor are still hamstringing this franchise. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. 
Oh, yeah. This year, next year, going forward. But they don't have to be because my point is this. If you do this right, you can use this window. I mean, you have Chuck Fletcher, unfortunately, through trades and probably poor scouting. Um, this franchise was barren when it came to prospects, okay? They're not now. They're good. So what we have to look at the next year, if not two, is developing that. So, like, if you are going to get to the ultimate goal, do not be, and I'm not criticizing it for this year, okay? But do not be trading for Gustav Nyquist next March, Marcus Johansson next March to plug veterans well, in because you think um, they just uh, they just sign Marcus oh, yeah, Johansson to it. I have no problem contract. with that. I'm saying guys oh, like okay. that. Don't okay. <laughs> do not be trying to supplement the roster next March. See what you have to develop because the other thing too, and this is this is not bad luck. This is very very weird. That locker room, as we, we've discussed for a long time now, was an absolute cesspool for years. Like, it was a bad place. I saw somebody else, was it Dumba? Somebody else took a sideways shot after the playoffs were done at the Parisi Suter days, Koivu days, uh, basically saying, if you screwed up, you heard about it, and these guys were jerks. And now I feel like it's a really tight-knit team, but it's almost too tight, and it's almost too, as I talked about, on the Monday show, it's almost too much of like, you know, when's the pizza party? When's mom going to come pick us up and take us to, to the game instead of, I mean, there has to be a happy medium. I'm not saying that there have to be raging a-holes, but I am saying that somebody needs to come in as a captain at some point in time in game five and say, this is absolutely unacceptable. And it can't be Ryan Hartman. You know, God bless him. He's a tough, gritty player. He lives up to, to the grit thing. But it's got to be somebody with some clout as well. And I don't know if you guys found it frustrating, but the more I went through the quotes from the players' exit on Monday, the more frustrated I became because we were getting all the same, it's not acceptable, we got to get past this round. You know, Hartman had some great quotes, and they're true. But it's like, okay, that's fantastic to say now, but this is the refrain every single year. And I feel like the apologists then come up with, uh, it started with the Blackhawks. Well, the Blackhawks are too good. You're not going to beat the Blackhawks. And I sort of bought into that at the time. But have you noticed the apologists now always have the excuse, well, Dallas had the hot goaltender. Okay, fill in the team. Well, St. Louis had the hot goaltender. There's always an excuse. And Bill Guerin, I think internally, has to be sick of that because he's a guy that doesn't believe in that crap. Phil, to what you're saying, it's a random-ass sport. It's what makes it fun. It can't always be uh, excuse, or it can't always be two days after you got your butt handed to you again. Well, next time, we got to do it different. At some point in time, you've got to keep changing the chemistry and things until you get it right. And I think the next attempt has to be to bring along this young crop and quit sweating Dumba being a being a Florida Panther. I'm fine with that. Plug in Brock Faber. Look at your options here and let's go again. But you got to tweak it. You got to change it because at some point, because it's a random sport, you're going to get it right. You don't have it right yet. No. Woo, that therapy session <laughs> presented by our friends at the Meadows at Mystic. A lot of wild players making tea times right. this week. See you guys. Mm-hmm. I'll see you boys there, right? Uh, Mojo, you got a nice new contract. Uh, beers on you in the front. Call him Jojo. That? It's Jojo. Jojo? Oh, Jojo, well, I call him Mojo. Mojo. It's Jojo. Uh, that's what I'm going to call him instead. Uh, you can book these tea times at golfthemeadows.com. It's a scenic award-winning public golf course. Now that the weather has warmed up, too, you can enjoy a cold one. 
on uh, on the patio out there as you as you go out for the back nine, pick up a few and enjoy yourself. Go to golfthemeadows.com to book those tee times and thanks to the Meadows at Mystic Lake for sponsoring programming at Score North. And before we get to a random Minnesota athlete of the week here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, let's also shout out our friends Dex at Underdog Fantasy making sports viewing even more fun. That's right. Why don't you take some prop bets on, uh, on on the Twins now that the Wolves and Wild are done? Or you can, of course, mix them in, obviously, on the NBA and NHL playoffs. There's still plenty of options to make there. And uh, the drafts. The drafts never end. You can actually draft still playoff rosters at Underdog Fantasy uh, for as, as you watch a slate of games. Use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. All right, boys, I have for you a random Minnesota athlete of the week. And we're talking wild here today, so it's a it's a it's a former Minnesota Wild player. All right. The wild. Easy. I might get it. Over to Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let's see, let's see if you can get it. Let's see if you can get it. Give me five players. Go ahead. These don't count as guesses. Okay. All right, let's do this. Yeah. Okay. I guessed Cuba. I guessed Havlett. I think we did him at one point in time for something else. That's two. Uh, Brian Ralston? We'll give you one more. Over to Pouliot? There you go. Nope. Okay. Now, he wouldn't pick Pouliot. All right. All right. What a bust he oh, was. What a, uh, what easy. I, That's ter- the whole point of random wild. Terrible. Of I don't think he's going to pick Pouliot. Terrible draft. No, I will now. Now you will. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. So here's how it works. I throw out a series of clues. And you guys get up to three incorrect guesses each before you're eliminated. You can shout out guesses whenever you want. You can ask me questions I can refuse to answer. So we st- we've been doing random Viking of the week for two years on Purple Daily. We just started doing random Minnesota athlete of the week here. And uh, Judd is is 2-0. and oh. And so I'm going to throw out clues one more time here, and then we're going to alternate starting next week. So Judd's up 2 to nothing on Declan has 0, I have 0. Anthony Swarzak and Kyle Brodziak are the previous two random Minnesota athletes. All right. Edmonton zone. This random Minnesota athlete, this random Minnesota wild player, we'll say, mm-hmm. hails originally from Ontario, Canada. Nails it down. <laughs> yep. Yeah, from not, Canada. Yeah. Really narrow. I'll it. take a guess. Okay. <laughs> All right. This random Minnesota athlete played 1,000 333 career NHL games. I'll take a guess. Oh, I swear to God. Wes Walls. I did this last week. If he gets it, I'm going to be so pissed. I feel like you guys have guessed. I feel like one of you guessed Wes Walls, even on the Twins one. Every week, you're just going to guess Wes Walls. 100 career playoff games as well for this random Minnesota athlete. Hmm. This random Minnesota athlete owns and operates a ranch in Texas where he raises and maintains many species of exotic animals, including wildebeest. Brett Burns. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, yeah, still active, by the way. He's still active in the playoffs right He's now. He's engaged I think. with Carolina right now. They just advanced. He loves his snakes. He loves his snakes. <laughs> Did you know he made his acting debut with a two-episode role in season six of the show Vikings as an ambitious raider named Skane? I'm not surprised because dude has facial hair for days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Declan's not five, taking this well. Five assists in the first pissed. round of these playoffs. De- Declan's pissed. I don't like it. He didn't like it. What don't you like? 
You sniped it. I, I, I can't believe he got it that quickly. I'm just pissed. Oh, he raises. He <laughs> loves the snakes and the alligators and all that stuff. He's big into that. I feel like it's going to be tough to beat Judd with some of these. I think he had a place. I think he had a bunch of snakes and a- animals at his place when he played for the Wild in Woodbury because he it started here. I think yeah. is that legal? Yeah, snakes and in he's Woodbury. Ri- he, he's rich. He I'll probably could afford to pay somebody off if not. I don't know. I have no idea. Here's a, here's fifty thousand dollars. Don't say anything about my snakes. <laughs> yeah. They're all loose. <laughs> Amazing. I did not know right, that he well, bought a place is. in Texas, though. That's interesting. Yeah, he definitely owns a weird ranch in Texas. That was a bad trade. Didn't work out too well for our club. They couldn't afford to keep Charlie him, but... Coyle yeah. and Charlie Coyle. Right? No, that Setaguchi. Setaguchi. Setaguchi and a first round draft pick. I think it was the 28th pick in the draft, something like that, that Fletcher used on on a kid who had one problem. He couldn't skate. He was a really bad skater. All right, guys, here we go. They drafted a guy that skated like Mackie. Hey, Mackie! He's he's hanging out on the boards. I'm coming, guys. What the hell was his name? I knew it for a long time. Seto, too, man. We'll teach him to skate. Don't worry. He's uh, he's like that kid in Mighty Ducks who has a howitzer for a slap shot. Oh yeah, you just Fulton. slide him out. Just slide Fulton out to the blue line. Fulton scared Put him on the me. power play. Fulton scared me. He was a badass. <laughs> All right, there you go. There's your rant, Judd, with an early three nothing to nothing lead here in random Minnesota athlete. We're gonna do that every week. And uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us here. Good therapy session, boys. Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd.